Hey everybody, on this episode of Box Office Breakdown, Ant-Man and the Wasp stride like a Goliath to the top of the box office charts. We're going to break down that and more next. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Box Office Breakdown. Hi, everybody. Hey. Look at that. We're all back together again. Well, except for one person, but we'll except get into that in a moment. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Box Office Breakdown. Of course, this is the show where we look back at the box office that was, and then we like to... Like a well-oiled machine. There you go. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. I'm another one of your hosts, Amy Cassandra Martinez. And it's me, the Neil Plumley. <laughs> and as always, making us look good and sound even better, Anthony in the booth. Ayo, I hope I don't let you down today. Never, Anthony. Oh. Will never ever let me down. Well, we'll right see. On. Oh, no. Okay. no, I'm just kidding. Thanks. Don't let me down. Never gonna break don't my stride. Let me down. Uh, and of course, the lovely and talented Carrie Lane. Not with us this evening because she's been busy all weekend. At Anime Expo here in uh, Expo uh, in, Los, in Los Angeles. Uh, Follow her on social media. She's been up to a lot of fun shenanigans this whole weekend over there. Mm-hmm. So. She's been anime expoing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Patent pending you, from Amy Cassandra Martinez. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, you know, even though Carrie's away, the box office still rolls on. And we must talk about it. Yep. So we shall do so. <laughs> we must. Right now. Coming in at number one for the top five was also the subject of this week's box office bet. It was. It, that, it was. Ant-Man and the Wasp made 76, just a hair over 76 million. Mm-hmm. To find out the uh, results of the box office bet, bet, let's toss it over to Neil Plumley at the box office bet desk. Doodly doodly. Hey, it's me, the Neil Plumley. I'm here at the box office desk to break down our bets and how they all rolled out. Bumblebee comes out this. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been on the Ant Man and the Wasps this weekend. It made seventy six million. Seventy six million dollars. That's a hair shy of anything that any of us bet. Uh, we'll start with the loser, which was me. Unfortunately, folks, I'm sorry to have let you down like this, but I bet one hundred and twenty million dollars for Ant Man and the Wasp this weekend, and it uh, it just made seventy six seventy six million. Coming in second to last place was none other than the woman to my right, Amy Catania Martinez. Me. With a $113 million bet. Yeah. No, we're live I now. Was, I was a little late on that. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Breaking news. Uh, speaking of Tony, he comes in third to last or halfway mm-hmm. through our roster with a bet of $110 million. You know what they say about three? It's, it's, it's the magic number. Thank you. I've heard that before. I have not. Well, let's go House Rock. Write, write, oh, it, write it down, yeah. and then you'll know it. That's true. It's magic number. Next, we have our second place winner, and this spot belongs to none other than our very own, our fearless leader, the one and only, the voice of Box Office Breakdown. It's Frank Moran. Wow. Wow. So honored to be so close. And yet so far from the so press ranks. So screamingly far away from the actual bet. Yes. He bet $105 million. That's right. And the movie actually made... $76 million. $76 million. That's right, Frank. Thank you. And our winner this week is not here right now, but her name is Carrie D. Lane. You can find her in places where people are found at Carrie D. Lane. And she bet $82 million. All right. Nicely Great job, done. Carrie. Still, yes. uh, still a good $6 million off. But definitely not... You know, 
36 <laughs> off, like some of us. <laughs> uh, you know what you should do, folks? You should actually congratulate Carrie Lane through social media. In fact, if you're going to get involved in social media, you know what you can do for this show is you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, give it a thumbs up while you're there, or two, or three, or four, five, six, seven, eight, however many thumbs up you can do. And, of course, we've got the chat up, live, and running, so feel free to share your thoughts about movies in general or anything from this box office weekend in particular. Get in there. Get in there. Get in the chat. Right there, uh, right now. Yeah. And so as we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, we have all seen it. Yep. Many of you have seen it as well there in the chat. Uh, Neil Plumley, I'm going to toss it to you. What did you think, sir? Listen, Frank, I saw this movie with my eyes today. <laughs> and I was sitting in the theater watching it, and I was thinking to myself, this movie could be a little better. But, that being said, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. I had a great time. What I felt was, the mood that they set up with... uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, the trailer was very punchy, but also very funny. This movie had uh, a lot of funny, a lot of good, like, warm feelings. The plot moved okay, I thought. It was a little scrambled at parts, but it was okay. But it didn't have that, like, punchiness to it that I liked seeing it in the trailer. Uh, but that being said, I liked how... Well, I liked how the villain was more of just like an adversary at the moment, mm. and uh, but I didn't like I didn't like how it became that. I, I didn't I didn't like how it went from A to B. I liked B. I liked A. I didn't like the transition. Basically, mm-hmm. um, I loved the quantum realm. Let's do more of that. Mm-hmm. And when he was uh, when he was uh, sitting there with the with the tardigrades. Swimming around. I don't know if you know those. Those are little microbiological creatures that live forever. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, the, uh, I was. Uh, Alexis leans over. She's like, "What are those?" I'm like, "Those are tardigrades. They live forever." They, yeah, they live forever. That's, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're immortal. They can survive in the vacuum of space. It's they're actually vampires. Yeah, it's a great. They're also called water bears. That's their street name, though. Water bears. Mm-hmm. I like WB. That. Yeah, they're cool. WB and Warner Brother. Um, but yeah, I thought the movie was. Uh, I thought it was good. Definitely like the uh, definitely like the post credit bits right there. Those were necessary. I thought brutal. Even the very 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 end. No. That was a bit silly, Hell but no. I dug I dug I dug the lead up to the silly, I, like the the stuff that you initially see. I'm not going to give anything away, of course, but the stuff at the beginning of that of that last scene, I was like, cool, okay, what are we seeing here? And then they're just like, but um, <laughs> basically, they turned it into a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amy Cassandra Martinez. Yes. Now will you finally share what you thought about this film? Yes. You were so cagey last week about it. All yes. Yes. I liked it a lot more than the first one. I honestly thought the first one was kind of like, kind of forgettable. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think I went into it like, well, whatever. It's Marvel. They're killing it. So I'm hoping this will be better. And I was pleasantly surprised I did like it much more than the first one. I love the dynamics between everyone. I liked the yeah, this is not a spoiler. Like the relationships with, you know, parents and children. We got a little bit of variations with that. 
did love the quantum realm. Gorgeous. Um, yeah, I, I think there were some funny parts that I'm like, okay, like, you can be funny, but like, I don't know. Like, some of them, it felt like it was at the cost of some of people's, like, intelligence, if that makes sense. And sometimes, like, I think they, they hit the right point. Like, they didn't go too far. They could have even pushed it back a little bit. But, yeah, that was nice. Michael Pena's cool. Um, Cassie, though? Cassie is amazing. I want to see her do more things. And, yeah, there were, there were certain parts where I was like, okay, let's just keep it going. And I agree. A and B were nice. The middle, okay. I wish we could have gotten a little bit more depth to that yep. and a little bit more like the characters there was a few that they kind of introduced them and they're just kind of like here you go and this is it you're not going to get that much else I could have used more but then I'm also like I don't want a longer movie you know so I kind of do I, uh, yeah. I don't know I also I did mm, the ending was interesting and the post credits and all of that um, but yeah I definitely recommend it much more than than I would have if I hadn't seen it, which makes sense. But, like, if you didn't care too much about Ant-Man, uh, you will like this one, I think. I think it's a safe bet because it's it's better. Maybe, I don't know, because of the Wasp. I'm just saying that she did a really good job and I liked seeing her fight. No, that's true. She was a great addition to the cast. I mean, people have been clamoring for that, and mm-hmm. she certainly had a lot yeah. to do in this one. I feel like what you see with uh, Cassie, though, I think you see possibilities for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the yeah. future mm-hmm. to see something 10, 10 years from now where you could easily do a uh, kind of flip and have Paul Rudd in the Michael Douglas role and then Cassie there kind of being yep. the up and coming things that uh, benefit with the kind of the real time consequences of doing a, a film as opposed to in a comic book right so well, it could be very cool to see that happen and yeah. even Kevin Feige's so that that is always possibilities. They're never going to say no to anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially the last couple of weeks, it's just been lots of Kevin Feige news basically addressing everyone's, con- not concerns, but like rumors or like, is this going to happen? What about this? And he's like, okay, this is what's <laughs> going to happen. No, we don't know this. There is a possibility of this. But I think that's what people want to hear, you know, especially with Marvel movies that there's so much going on. It's like, look, okay. Just, like, tell us what you can give us. We'll yeah. take it. Yeah, there's... Uh, I mean, I, I feel like the... It's... They kind of set a bad precedent for themselves with that big, splashy uh, press conference that they did several years ago where they announced their whole mm. uh, Phase 3 slate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, you're calling your shots really far in advance. Look at that. It's awesome. And since then, they've been really radio silent as opposed to it's getting into Phase 4 just because they really want to focus on Captain Marvel and Avengers 4. So... I feel like I, I kind of get frustrated with these interviews where they're always asking him, and he's like, "Well, I'd rather you guys just focus on here." But yeah, but, but yeah. Kevin, but Kevin, what about yeah. Like, well, yeah, just if they want to just focus on this, then let them focus on it. And I'm sure as it comes around next uh, May, we're going to be finding out plenty of stuff. Yeah, well, um, I do know that Captain Marvel finished filming for sure, like as of yep. two three days ago. So I don't know if that got anyone else super pumped. Oh it yeah, did for me. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, because I always they always go back and do those reshoots anyway later on down the road. So it's like, yeah, all right, maybe right. That's fine, but, but principal photography wrapping is a landmark still in the production. Uh, I guess. I mean, that doesn't. I don't get excited by that. Like, oh wow, cool. I do. Yeah. What gets you excited mm-hmm. about it? What gets me excited? The fact that a step, a huge step of it is done, and so now they get to tweak things, and we're one step closer to seeing it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we know like, when the release date is, yeah. but it's yes. nice yes. to know that Marvel is also aware of it and actively working towards <laughs> accomplishing that goal. It's nice. They're not, like, they're not like procrastinating, like somebody waiting for like their midterms. Like, yeah. oh, oh my gosh, we got a movie coming out in March, guys. Hurry up, get something yeah. together. Yeah, that right. means we're also. I mean, I know there's. It's not likely that we're, we're going to get a trailer that soon, and that's what Kevin Feige said. But yeah, a girl can dream. Can they? A girl can yeah. dream. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Neil, I will say that I feel like I, I kind of disagree or maybe at least have a different opinion of the ghost. My least favorite villains are villains that everything would be all right if somebody just asked. It's almost right. like the Three's Company mm. thing. Like, yeah. every, all these misunderstandings would be eliminated. Somebody would just ask and that would solve it. So I feel like that's the kind of situation in this film. I was like, Ugh. kind of deflated the villain for me. Yeah. I felt like she had she had a lot at stake personally. But it's very hard to convey that because most of it was very internal. Mm-hmm. So um, with like you know whatever pain she was in, like that whole aspect, it would probably make a lot more sense her motivation if we could feel the pain that she was feeling. Uh, but since we couldn't, we're sort of supposed to expect her to, you know, act like she's always in pain while also being a badass, which was a little tough. Well, it also puts in other characters' motivations as well that they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some baiting and switching going on with some members of the cast and making me think like, well, uh, why would you do this if uh, you're trying to help this person? Wouldn't you just try to explore all opportunities to help this person? But alas, that was not to be. So, uh, But what I will love, I say that I love, and uh, Kevin Feige was saying that there might be a possibility of doing a full film like this, is just the uh, the de-aging that they do with Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. It was amazing. It's, I mean, it was great in the first Ant-Man, and man, it looks just amazing in here as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like I do need to see, I want to go back and look at Lawrence Fishburne, you know, late 80s, early 90s, just to double check, because his felt a little off to me by looking at that. I don't know if you guys felt He wasn't that. wearing those round mirror glasses and leather trench coats from The Matrix. That's, <laughs> That's why. Ah, man, he had hair. I was used to saying it back That's then. That's what you know, it was. Sans hair. Yeah. But his seemed a little off, and I don't know. Maybe I need to go see some other photos then. But man, Michelle Pfeiffer and, and Michael Douglas. Oof. So with Captain Marvel, as you're saying, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a lot of Sam, uh, Sam Jackson and uh, mm-hmm. Clark Gregg being de-aged a lot yep. for that film. So they will be in there not just for little scenes, but potentially large chunks of the film. Mm-hmm. So that'll be cool to see how that that works. Because mm-hmm. I can't imagine that it cannot be cheap to do that. So I wonder if that's always been something that's kind of held them back as well. Maybe. But if you keep making these big money, uh, as much money on these films, certainly may invest it if the story's worth telling. Yeah. Agree. Something else I liked a lot was uh, the addition of the FBI agent that was handling Scott Lang. I thought he was hilarious. That's that's just my type of humor right there. Yeah. I I mean, I I guess they followed the rules of three, but I felt like I was getting a little repetitive Mm. with those visits. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, it was getting a bit, but I just I love I love that last one so much. That's true. <laughs> he was the way like, it ends. I'll see you soon. Oh, well, are we gonna when, when are you gonna see me? <laughs> like you know, I'm just gonna see you. I'm gonna see you soon. I'll see you soon. Like we gonna like at the grocery out? store. Or, you want to get some dinner sometime? Get, I thought you were maybe inviting <laughs> me to dinner. No, that wasn't inviting you to dinner. I'm gonna arrest you. I'm, next time I see you, I'm gonna arrest you. Oh, okay. I gotta say, Paul do you want to get dinner? <laughs> I gotta say, Paul Rudd was his like ruddiest in this, like more in this film than in the previous one. Yeah. I think oh, man. like they, they let him let loose a bit more with his uh, with his comedic timing and his mm-hmm. just like his comedic skill really shine through. That karaoke bit reminded me so much of when he was jamming to Rush and I Love You, Man. Yeah, because he was doing he did those like little those little <laughs> wiggles. 
Yeah. He's a hoot. Now, Ant-Man. this film did better than the first Ant-Man film. Yes. But still, $76 million, not setting the world on fire. No. But still improved on the first one. Yeah. Do you feel like this is always going to be kind of more of a, a smaller scale success for Marvel? If they do Ant-Man 3, maybe even Ant-Man 4? Uh, it depends. Maybe the director will switch to Taika Waititi and it'll make like 140. I think <laughs> someone said that there's something like not super threatening to the average viewer about learning about a man that can shrink. But, hello, he can also get really big. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. There's some, And especially being called Ant-Man... The average viewer may be like, that's weird. <laughs> but I, why? I mean, this I, I feel like with this film, I had less invested in it because it just, it's a smaller stakes film. Yeah. And like, hey, it's a small character. Got it. But it's uh, it's not, it, very similar to Spider-Man Homecoming, where it's not fate of the world. It's a much more smaller scaled story. Mm, yeah, but I was really pumped for Spider-Man Homecoming. True. I feel like I was pumped for that because of my, my attachment to that character. Yeah. Even though I enjoy Ant-Man, I, Spider-Man, I've had a much more deeper attachment to. So another reason why I was really hyped for that one. More people know Spider-Man. More people identify with Spider-Man than Ant-Man. You don't know? Wait, do you identify with the wasp? I, I mm, Feeling waspy? No. Oh, I feel really. a little waspy. You do? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> or not, I don't know. Who's your mom in the quantum realm? Yeah, don't bring it up. Tony B. Tony underscore. I'm sorry. I'm so, I'll t- I take quantum it back. Realm. It's a touchy oh, subject, guys. Um, but I was, I was uh, just going to say that uh, in comparison to Spider-Man, Spider-Man's very attractive to like even people who don't care about him because he has all those like really fun acrobatics and everything. Which is something that uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp seriously brought to the table with their choreography, at least fighting-wise, mm-hmm. in this movie. Some of the fights were just like insane, and they just they blew by so fast, uh, just because that's how they you know that's how they fight, and especially when they're fighting ghosts who like phases and out of things. Her strength is that you can't get really a direct hit on her, and they just use their shrinking and growing abilities in tandem with that. Mm-hmm. So like, no one's really landing a hit, but all the, everyone's evading really well. And I was like, this is just a lot of fun to watch. I thought that was really cool. No, it was. It, it is interesting for an Ant Man and the Wasp film. They very rarely hardly ever actually work have a scene together where they're fighting uh it's like oh, they're usually just kind of off doing their own separate things but still really cool though nonetheless yeah and the uh the credit sequence i really like that they made little small uh little miniatures little toy figures yes yeah. i thought that was great although i felt like with the michelle pfeiffer one they're like they really like all right let's make sure this one's got to be really good because <laughs> I, I felt like everybody else is like walter goggins who's like that's eh, it's all right we kind of get it's walter yeah. goggins but Michelle Pfeiffer, it was like, okay, yep, we got it. This is Michelle Pfeiffer. And but, uh, uh, I'm uh, calling it now, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, like Quantum Realm Rosp cosplay for Comic Con. You gonna be doing that? No, I'm just I'm calling it. Oh, like with like half armor and like that staff thing she had on her back and the, Gosh, but that's really warm. The cloak. It's gonna. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's gonna I'm happen. I'm just thinking, like, oh, but yeah, no, that'd be really cool. It's gonna happen for okay. sure. All right, so, uh, you know, folks in the chat or uh, on Twitter, feel free if you want to tweet either Amy or uh, Carrie and decide which one of them you want to see cosplay as uh, Janet Van Dyne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no? Yeah, right. that's expensive, too. There but, you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, coming in at number two, the box office, The Incredibles, brings in $29 million. Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom, t- Kingdom 28.5. The First Purge, 17.1. And uh-huh. Sakari. Sorry, first I, I saw the purge. Oh, really, Anthony? 
Well, yeah. we have to move on, so we can't talk about those things. That's fine. <laughs> no, feel free. Share your thoughts, Anthony. Uh, okay, well, this is like the first Purge I've actually seen that I paid attention to. I've seen the first one, but it was like in the background. Um, so I was guessing that's the best, but this was the, by far not that great of a movie. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it just wasn't good. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Hmm. Yeah. So everybody should see it on your recommendation. That's what he's saying. Definitely. That's yeah. what I, it seems yeah. like one of the strongest recommendations Tony's ever given on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of setups that just didn't pay off. That were just, just turned out to be really lame. <laughs> and um, But yeah, definitely not worth worth the time or the money. I would say totally skip it. Totally. Did you go back Good and ask for your money? Um, I would have. I would have. But? But I didn't. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and rounding out our top five, Sicario Day of the Soldado. You're so good at that. Yeah, made another 7.3. I did finally get a chance to see this. Neil, I have not seen it. Oh, give it to me, Frank. It was, it was, gosh, it was fine. It was. It was okay. I feel like I liked the first one better. Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit last week where you can kind of see where they're trying to make it more of a franchise. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of felt like, all right, you're setting some stuff up here. It does seem weird. Halfway through the film, all of a sudden people act a little differently than you've known them through the first film and even the first half of this film. You're like, okay, this seems a little unusual. And then it feels like, all right, because you're trying to get a third film out of this. Right. So, I mean, performances are great. It's just the story just, I felt by, I I wish they would have just been as kind of ruthless and uncompromising as they were in the first film with this one instead of trying to tee something up for a third. So it's kind of like the um, uh, Dead Man's Chest Syndrome. Oh. Yeah. How it wasn't really a movie. It was just sort of like a elongated setup prequel to whatever they wanted to get done in the next one. Yeah, I heard it's like a placeholder film in a sense. That's a bummer. Um, and it, but, but it's also it's like setting stuff up, but then also trying to figure out, like, well, what is also the setup? Because there are some... I, I mean, people are... Yeah, as when you're dealing with any kind of government kind of uh, operation, some people, you know, you, you cut your operatives, things like that. But I don't know if they're trying to make the third one to be like a, a, somebody's coming to seek revenge, but also like, well, who are they seeking revenge on? Because that's just the business mm-hmm. in this world that you're in. So I don't know exactly what the third one will be about. I mean, I guess I'll see it, but I'm not like stoked. Like, yeah, give me Sicario, Day of the Soldado Jr. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's going to be. Junior. Uh, <laughs> um, I do want to add a little quick thing about Uncle Drew. Oh, can't get enough talking about this film, Amy. Cassandra. Well, there's Crazy. a follow-up, guys. Um, someone did message rebound. me. No, what is it? Layup? No, it's a rebound. No, but that's like if it goes and then you grab it, but like a li- there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I know, but that's not what I... It's fine. Um, okay, so yeah, someone messaged me on Instagram and it was uh, Brendan... Castens, and he said this was July 4th, so Wednesday. Waited until today to see Uncle Drew in hopes of helping your box office bet. While it didn't really help, at least I got to see trailers and had audio at the beginning. <laughs> Glad that it worked out better for you guys. But funny, also, MoviePass sent me an email asking me to like let them know what I thought of Uncle Drew. And I was like, I don't think you want me to do that. Oh. Yeah. So I haven't answered yet, but okay. I just wanted to tell you guys. All right. Well, speaking Good of movie pass, I, yeah. as we talked last week, I did join the uh, the AMC A list. Oh yeah. Yes. So so far, 
Uh, it, it's been working great. Saw two movies last week, and I'm sure I'll see three probably this week, maybe. Who knows? Nice. But uh, very easy. Just making that reservation, and you're good to go. You so. can do it online, right? Yep. Does it include seat reservation? Yes. Wow. Not sponsored, but <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, Wait, is that, which is nice. With an increased price or just as is? As is. So you uh, pay that nineteen ninety five a month, and you can see fil- three films a week for any geez, of the... Yeah, but if you're, I mean, if you're, if you're still seeing movies a lot, it's still not a bad deal. Yeah, well, especially in one a week, that's and at great. least, and at least, <laughs> at least on the stock market, AMC is more sound than movie passes. Yeah. Movie pass is cheaper, but they're also cheaper. Now, AMC is guaranteed that this price at least will stay for the first year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the door is open for them to jack up the price uh, a year from now. We'll right. see if that actually happens or not, and how much they could jack it up and still want to keep people intrigued and interested in the product right so mm. we'll see but for right now for you know for 20 bucks I can see you know potentially 12 films yeah so. I think I think one of the most clever things that they're doing actually is uh, is their lines for ticket sales and concessions now they have a separate line for A-list subscribers mm. and it's basically like your front of the line pass so if there's a lot of people at concessions you can just get if you're an A-list subscriber just get into the A-line and then they're like Next A list, and then there's like, oh, that's me. And then you come up with your cocky walk. Like, yeah. Eat it, oh, eat it. Hello. It's a, it's a, it's a little shifty, but it's, it's sound. It's like sound advertising because it's these yeah. yellow bands that they have to like block off that aisle, and it looks really shiny and nice. They have these big signs like A list this way. They should have a little red carpet. That's true, and they should also, as they ask for the next person to come up, turn on spotlights that track <laughs> you up, and make it like a big thing, play yeah. like a little Oscar yeah. like. Going up to accept the board music. I actually saw I actually saw someone in line in like the in the regular line, the uncool line for concessions. I saw a gentleman not really paying attention, and this person said like next A list, and he thought she was talking Ooh. to him. So he started just sort of ambling up while this other group was also walking up from the A list. She's like, "Sir, sorry, uh, I meant you know the A list. You have to go back to line." And he did not understand. He was like. I'm next in line. She's like, no, I, we meant the A-list. You have to go back to Oh, my the line. And she's just, she's dead ass sent him back to his line where he had to be. And I'm like, that is how you sell that subscription. That's, That's how you do it. You humiliate a person. <laughs> He's not going to buy it, but everyone else watching is now more inclined. You are less than. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, dude. <laughs> so, uh, international numbers. Uh, Amen of the Wasp took, uh, took flight in 41 offshore markets. And brought in $85 million for its effort. Uh, it's actually 45% ahead of the first film and landed above industry expectations, uh, despite the lack of key markets early in the mix. So right now it's blacked out in China for the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not going to do that. And it's slowly rolling out to Japan uh, and a few other markets as well, too. So, so far uh, in Latin America and in part of the Asia markets, it's still kicking some butt. It's coming in above 51% above Ant-Man in China alone. And uh, it is number one in all releases, save New Zealand. Ooh. Nice. Look at that. Uh, so uh, Disney's Kathleen Taffy, who or Taff, excuse me, who's the uh, head of uh, marketing strategy, says the uh, size of the first one is spectacular, but not surprising because Marvel has such affinity in the markets. And you were even mentioning, Neil, that this is uh, its 20th film and the uh, number one in the box office. Yeah, this Marvel's, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is Marvel's 20th film opening at number one. So they definitely have a uh, recipe for success. Yeah. And they don't have very many more than 20 films. <laughs> I think no. it's like 21 at this point, isn't it? Wasn't Avengers yeah. 20th one. and this is 21st? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably The Dark World. Oh. 
Oh, what what? That's just that's a guess. <laughs> but still, I mean, that is a great track record. Oh been yeah, going for this long, and still doing that well in the box office, crushing it. Yeah, they have not had any huge major stumble yet. Yep. Nope. And are we keying that mostly to Kevin Feige kind of being uh, the leader of the uh, this SS Marvel Cinematic Universe? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Well, he basically invented this type of cinematic storytelling. This like multi like not even just sequels, but just like a multi layered sequence of events that's planned out years ahead of time. He basically invented it. Don't no had done that before. True. And I feel like anybody that's now seeing trying to do that, I think the mistake is they try to rush everything too quickly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Example D C. Or even Universal's dark Exactly universe. They're all trying to they're trying to get where Marvel is right now. Right now. Yes. Mm. Uh, what's interesting, though, is that uh, there were some rumors. I don't know if it's true or not, but I know everyone loves rumors. That Feige, um, after after maybe at the end of Phase 3, which ends with Avengers 4 next May, um, was thinking about, uh, you know, putting up his hat. Or not putting up his hat. Taking off his hat from the Marvel hat rack and going shopping himself somewhere else. And if so, if that's true, which I don't think it is, but it's you know fun to think about these things. Mm. If it is, I think that Dis- uh, not Disney, uh, DC would Warner Brothers would just pay him whatever he wants to do what he did at Marvel over at DC. True, but I but also I think like any studio's got to realize that if you're going to get him, it's also going to be a slow burn as well too. Yeah, well, I mean that's what they need. Yeah, right now they're all just very impatient. I think that after after the the many stumbles. That the reason that DCEU has had pretty much every movie they made except just Wonder Woman and that's been in the DCEU has been a stumble. So I think maybe they're desperate enough to be like, listen, just do what you do. Just take it and do it. Tell us what it is and then we'll just cut you a check. Um, quick little correction. Someone in the chat, Starfire XXX, said that Ant-Man and the Wasp is the 20th film oh. so infinity war was the 19th so dang so they've never not had a number one movie hashtag look at me. that, look at that. Uh, so do you think right now for kevin feige that 20 films in still all number one do you think the pressure is more or less for him at this point in terms of continuing to deliver i feel like he knows what he's doing so it's like riding a bike like maybe after the first five it's just like, okay, all right. I kind of know. I mean, they're all slightly different in their own way, but there's got to be a certain kind of formula that he mm-hmm. understands and he gets, and now it's just like, no, this is my job, man. Right. Yeah. That's it. I agree. In that sense, because to follow up what you were saying, Neil, like if he's thinking about kind of saying goodbye to Marvel, if that was even the case, is it just like, oh, I feel like i kind of done what I, I done what I need to accomplish here and there's really nothing else that I can do to top myself, so I may as well go somewhere else and just you know see what I can do for that that uh, that slate of productions over there. It also could be, um, it might be like he introduced one of the biggest storylines in, he actually introduced the largest storyline in cinematic history if you count all the movies. But in the Marvel, in the Marvel like comic books, he introduced one of the biggest storylines that they've ever written. Actually two of them, Civil War and the Infinity War. Almost back to back. Not really, but like, very close to one another. They didn't even give you really time to breathe. You're still feeling the effects of the Civil War during the Infinity War. They're so close together. Um, so I think maybe he might, uh, since since he's already sort of uh, you know shown everyone these these great big events 
in Marvel history. Um, he might be acting uh, if he does want to move. Maybe he's that an act of a little bit of um, a little bit of security. Maybe maybe he's like, well, they can kind of only go downhill from here. So let me leave. Do something big over at DC. Leave at that time. Dark Horse will have a studio. Do something there with Hellboy. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, folks, we've got a course. Amber and the Wasp was the subject of last week's box office bet. Uh, all props to Carrie Lane for winning that again. But we don't stop with the box office bets. They keep coming. They do. You may be on top one week and you could be at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Having to go see you know, Uncle Drew at a movie theater near you. Look at Amy Kessin. Amy's face right there. Look at that. Look at that she face. She did it. So Oops. two films. we have two films this week vying for your hard-earned votes there in the chat. That is Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation, which I've seen. It's fine. Uh, and Skyscraper, the new Dwayne The Rock Johnson action oh. joint. It's fine. Dwayne The Rock Die Hard. That's right. Hi. Yes. Coming out from Universal. So those are the two films that are vying for your vote. Feel free to hop in the chat and do that. But in the meantime, we'll do a little quick box office rewind of somebody. <laughs> In one of these films, and we'll, uh, Andy Samberg, yeah. one of the voices in Hotel Transylvania, oh, will do his uh, top five live action ones. And coming in number five, pop star, never stop, never stopping. Don't ever stop stopping. Uh, mm-hmm. Four point six million back in uh, twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. I I have that, and I have not made it through it. Really? Yeah. I freaking loved it, and I don't even like Andy Samberg that much. I haven't seen it. It's good. It's surprisingly good. Uh, number four, Hot Rod from Paramount back in 20, uh, 2007. Oh, my God. 5.3. Oh, Anthony, big Hot I Rod fan. Love, I saw this movie in theaters when it came out. <laughs> Me and my friend were busting our asses laughing when he's just rolling down that side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it just kept going. <laughs> it's he's so in that punch dancing. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then he just like. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, number three, what's your number from Fox back in 2011? 5.4. I don't what? even know what that movie is. It's was. a rom-com, guys. What's that and movie? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. Hmm. Ooh, Amy, Amy hasn't seen it. Stop the presses. Hold the phone. Well, I did, I did beep, have beep, 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 Anna on it. And an Reese Witherspoon, right? So that's why you didn't no see it? No Reese Witherspoon. Reese Anna Ferris, as far as I remember. Mm, right. Anna Ferris. Whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. I was overboard. Stop it. All right. Oh, Get out go. of here. Oh, Get out. Right. But Sorry, what about really what loud. about uh, what about the house bunny? Oh, boy. Oh, I enjoyed that. That was I, I, I think I had that. it on in the background. I was like, eh, yeah. <laughs> great. She was pretty hot in that. Nice. Was, uh, just <laughs> friends. <laughs> oh, I love just friends. It's good, but her. Oh, but then that means that she did a good job because I hated her that. character. Yeah, she was so, so freaking annoying. annoying. <laughs> Somebody, uh, please Photoshop us a poster from the house bunny with Amy's pull quote on there. I think I had it on in the background. I think I did. Yeah. Uh, number two, that's my boy from 2012. Uh, 13.4. That's Hell a rough no. movie. That Hell is a rough no. movie. Didn't even try for that. I don't even remember that. That's nope. a, uh, Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. Oh, oh. Sandler. oh thinking no. about it makes me cringe. Well, he's yeah. what made it bad. Aww. For sure. I bet it's better than Jack and Jill. <laughs> a lot well, of things are better than Jack and Jill. I, I just want to know how they got Al Pacino in Jack and Jill. That will always stymie me. Like, what was going on? Uh, and coming number one, I Love You, Man. Oh, look at that. That's the I, best one. 2009. I just rewatched it because of Paul Rudd. Look at that. Um, and, yeah. But then you really focus on the Andy Samberg parts. No, I did not. Well, never do. All right. But, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, before we do our box office bet, make sure you're voting away there in the chat for either Hotel Transylvania. It's fine. 
our skyscraper. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll do our, our top five for next week, our projections for that. Now, yeah. Hotel Transylvania 3 on 4,000 screens. It's fine. And uh, Skyscraper is on 3,700. Do you see either of those taking number one, or Ant-Man and the Wasp will still ride high for another week? I think they'll still ride high for another week. All right. I don't think so. Oh. Really? I think, I think Skyscraper will take number one. No, I was thinking Hotel, but you might be right. I... I don't think Hotel could take number one. I could think it, I could see it taking. Well, I don't know. It's the third time in the franchise, and it's not. It's. I think it'll do solid, but it won't be do spectacular. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that easily coming in at number three. Yeah, probably in. Because we're look. What are we looking at? Ant Man. If it has a decent drop, about thirty five, thirty seven. Yeah. <sighs> but it was also a holiday weekend, kind of. So that should work to its favor, though. Well, I don't think so. I mean, it's a heat wave. Everybody wants to, well, at least in LA. A lot of people were in the pool, not in the theaters. Not in the cool AC of a movie theater. No, I know. You got cool ACs. That's right. Hashtag cool ACs. All right, so who, uh, Neil, are you then going with Skyscraper's number one? I am. I'll do Skyscraper, Ant-Man, Transylvania, um, Incredibles, and I guess Jurassic Jurassic World, yeah. All right. Amy? I say Ant-Man, Skyscraper, um, what is it, Hotel Transylvania 3. Nailed it. Nailed it. it. Uh, Incredibles and Jurassic World. I mean, this has been, uh, the first time in a while that Dwayne Johnson's kind of been in something that is not based on an already existing property. Right. Well, Well, except for Die Hard. Yeah. Pardon? Except for Die Hard. Well, true. But, I mean, it's not not Baywatch. It's not Jumanji. Uh, so this is a, basically an original concept that is certainly inspired by many other films in the past, but mm-hmm. you know not not a sequel to any other pre-existing franchise. True. So for that, do you think Dwayne Johnson carrying it solo can does he benefit from having some attachment to an already existing franchise? Does that help juice the box office numbers, or it doesn't matter? Dwayne Johnson, regardless, people want to come to see him specifically, no matter what the project. I mean, I think I think it's strong. I think more. I think I think uh, Jumanji, the movie itself, wouldn't have done as wouldn't have done as well yeah. if it was a different title, and it was just like Dwayne Johnson leading it. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, th- I think I think you're right. I think you're right in both ways. I think it not being part of a major franchise is definitely a little probably a little debilitating to the numbers it can bring in this coming up weekend however Dwayne Johnson is a huge star and he's a huge household name everyone loves him mm-hmm. it's lovable he works a lot and everyone sees him in movies oh well, there you go okay. so I think it'll I think it'll still do well just on uh, on his name alone not quite as well as it would if it was just called Die Hard Generations or something <laughs> uh, oh, which yeah better than Die Hard 5 that's a rough watch praise be they're, they, they hang out in a, in a radioactive wasteland and nothing ever happens to them. Good times. Hmm. Amy, so you're going with uh, number one, Ant-Man and the Wasp, number two, Skyscraper, number three, Hotel Transylvania? Yes. All right. Are you just following down the list as well? Yeah, pretty much. I, I don't know. I just have hopes for Ant-Man, but it's probably, I don't know, just wanted to keep buzzing. All right. Keep the buzz going. Okay. Well, now, I mean, San Andreas, which opened up back in uh, 2015, that did 54.5 million its opening weekend. And Central Intelligence 
that I saw as Kevin Hart as well. So it mm-hmm. has its fans. But that only did $35 million, although it was opening up not quite uh, that one in uh, yeah June of 2016. So. Well, also the trailers, like the movie's actually kind of good. <laughs> the trailers didn't do it justice. All right. I will go with, uh, just because I want to love Ant-Man and the Wasp. Even though I love my Dwayne yeah. Johnson, I want to I want to at least see one more week for Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's nice so to have I'm, you here. Yeah. I hope Thanks, I hope it turns yeah. out like that. All right. There we go. Yeah. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to do a rapid round of the box office bet. We'll look to the chat, see who's got the, the most votes, whether it's Hotel Transylvania 3, it's fine, or Skyscraper. And uh, what we'll do is we'll bet whoever gets closest to the uh, actual box office opening total will be the prognosticator of prognosticators. The loser will be like Amy and have Thanks. to see Uncle Drew in the movie theater. You know, I see, that uh, seems as bad. I see Ken Jack has the tally at three to two for Hotel Transylvania. It's fine. So there you go. Yes. Hotel. Yeah, that's what we're going with? I guess we're going with Hotel Transylvania 3, everybody. I'm trying this thing where I don't let my emotions show about how I feel about some of these movies, but oh, Star still read me. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. It's, it's not fine. Uncle Drew. I can do this. Uh, Hotel Transylvania, the first one made 42.5. The second made 48.4 million. Oh. So, uh, let's see. Uh, both came out, though, in September. So, late well, September, this, closer to Halloween. Well, this is uh, the summer vacation. That's true, so it makes sense. you got to have it in the summer. No. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, Anthony, do you have a number yet, sir? Um. Yes. Okay. So, I've totally been thinking about this for the past minute. <laughs> wow! Um, right. Uh, I'll t- I'll go with thirty-five mil. Sure. All right. Thirty-five mil. Okay. I'm sitting here with uh, the meaning of oh. life, the universe, and everything. Forty-two million. Oh, nice. Mm, Forty-nine. Oh, I love it. Amy swinging no, for the fences. I wow. love that. No. You must really have a lot of faith in these movies. No, but the way you just, like, it got so much better. Yes, it was in September, but people are out of school. Kids want their movies. Dang it, Frank. What is your number? Amy. Stop. Big swing. Whatever. Martinez. Love it. Love it. Amy for the fences, Martinez. (laughs) I'm with 38. You know, I should have just gone with my first freaking number. Amy, dang it. Whatever. What was your first number? Don't you go? Don't you have a first, and you go to your second, and you go, to and then first? I go back to my first. I know I should just trust my instincts. It was like thirty nine, I think it was. Hmm. And then I went to forty two, and then like thirty five. And I love it. The no, look at that. You, you, you swung big. I do not apologize for that. Aiming for the fences. Love aiming it. Boom. For the uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking oh, of aiming for the fences, aim. folks, uh, the ball that is box office breakdown is quickly going over that fence line. It looks like it's not going to get caught. So. This is going to be a home run of a show, <laughs> as always. Uh, so we're going to wrap this up. But as always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give it a thumbs up while you're there. Or two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat and picking Hotel Transylvania 3. Thank you. Stop it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for doing Amy, that. Amy, thanks you so much for that as well. It's got to be better. back and watching the other two? It's going to be great. Oh, no, you're uh, fine. You're fine. I'm going to miss everything, aren't I? Cinematic (laughs) masterpieces. It's a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a saga now. Anthony, you really should go watch the first two. It's a saga. I I want you fully invested before you go see this third film. Uh, But if you want to stay in touch with any of us, 
even after the show's over. Anthony, where can they find you, sir? You can find me everywhere at Tony B. Tony underscore. My name's appearing right there on the screen. Ooh. So go and find that. Yes, I said it, Amy. Whatever. <laughs> I know. Whatever, Amy. It's fine. Say it. What a fancy boy. At Tony B. Tony underscore. Well, if you guys want to talk to me after the show, not sure why you would, but if you do, you can find me at places where people are found at the Neil Plumbing. That's T H E N E I L P L U M L E Y. Amy. That is me. Thank you You're for welcome. that nice toss. Yes, I am Amy Cassandra Martinez, and you guys can find me on all social media at Amy Cassandra M two zero. Thanks. I love that, guys. Thank you. Really appreciate your support. But mine yes. wasn't sincere, though. Well, I'm just going to pretend well, mine it is. was. Uh, thank you. Uh, but yes, feel free to follow me, subscribe, all that jazz, and stay inside. You know, don't leave your house. I'm sure you could use some some time just, you know, Netflix and chilling. Just saying. Oh, look at that. Uh, follow Carrie D. Lane and see what uh, shenanigans she got up to at Anime Expo this past weekend at, on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And follow me at Happy Go Jackie. And everybody, don't, you know, do don't, yourself a favor. Nope, go go nope. see. <coughs> I wait, just need a car. Why, why are you telling them to not go? You want them to go, so you win. Oh, wait, that's true. Ah, you blew it. You <laughs> blew it. Ah, you, you loser. You're going to lose. Yeah. You're, you're going to lose. That's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen to me. It's okay. Nailed it. <laughs> Dang it. I'm so stupid. All right, everybody, follow Amy's words to the letter. Go and we'll see outside. You back. <laughs> Stay indoors. Go, go. Treat yourself. Yeah, we'll see you back go here outside. next Sunday night for another episode of Box Office Dang Breakdown it. right here on Popcorn Talk. <laughs> oh, my Bye, goodness. <laughs> From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.